It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. We are previewing Packers, Ravens. But I'm not going to sit here and, and break down you know, what Baltimore is going to do versus what Green Bay is going to do. Uh, last week we talked about the players who have opportunities. And I think that's always an important thing to do here when we're, we're looking at these games. I don't know how much those names have changed. So we know that the starters are going to play about a quarter, but we don't know what the rotations are going to look like. We don't know what Baltimore is going to do with their starters. As I said earlier this week, This is an important test for the Packers' defense against a non-traditional opponent. This is going to test their discipline. This is going to test their athleticism. This is going to test their football intelligence, their ability to make adjustments on the fly. Because I do think when you look at Lamar Jackson and what this offense is going to be, the defense is going to have to be somewhat reactive. And they don't really game plan in the preseason. And so that gives Baltimore a clear advantage. What I don't want is for fans to overreact to the defense having some issues with that. This is a very non-traditional offense. Uh, and and I guess that is a, a misnomer. It is, uh, it is a modern offense that does some very traditional things in modern ways. Does that make sense? It is a team that wants to base, break records for the amount of times that the quarterback runs. They're going to do a lot of pistol formations, a lot of different kinds of run actions. Greg Roman is the same offensive coach who coached Colin Kaepernick to those historic seasons in San Francisco, and uh, they will not please many Packer fans to remember what he did to the Packers' defense in the playoffs. This is that coordinator, and Lamar Jackson is that kind of quarterback. Now, the good news is uh, it's a preseason game. So it's going to be just a good test of assignment soundness and you're going to get a chance to see Darnell Savage play next to Adrian Amos and you're going to get a chance to see Zadarius Smith and some of these these headline defenders and you're going to get to see Aaron Rodgers play about a quarter and Aaron Jones and this offense is now as healthy as it's been when it comes to uh, the main players on offense and we're going to talk about those guys in a little bit as it relates to uh, this game. I want to start though with a little bit of news and and push it forward to what we're going to see tomorrow night, and that is the Oren Burks injury turns out not to be as bad as originally thought. Now Rob Domofsky reported it was a torn pack. It it's not not a torn pack. 
we, <laughs> we didn't get full clarity on that. It was a pec injury. Uh, I, I don't want to speculate on it, uh, but they thought it re- required surgery, and it turns out now they think it can heal on its own. Uh, that's It is what it is. We don't know. And since we don't know, and there is no timetable, we, we can't really be certain about how soon he can get back. Now, this raises interesting questions about the 53-man roster. What is Green Bay going to do with Burks? Because if he isn't going to be ready until, if it's going to take until mid-October or you know late October, let's say, for him to be ready, you just put him on IR and he can come back. Now, if he's going to be ready by week four, or if they think he could be ready by week four, Maybe they simply carry him on the roster. Uh, you know, IR has different stipulations than PUP, uh, and and that has different stipulations than if he were just on the roster. So once we have more, a little bit more clarity about the timetable, and it seems like Green Bay is still working through that. Yesterday, Brian Gutekinds gave a press conference where he made it seem like he was pretty opt- optimistic that this would be a short-term thing. Uh, I, I would, I would. I would exercise caution if you are going to feel that way. I, I think that, you know, when you're when you're going from, oh, we thought it was surgery to, oh, we think it can heal on its own now, calling him day-to-day, which is what Oren Burks said his injury was, is, is really disingenuous, frankly, uh, because you're not day-to-day. You're not day-to-day. When we're talking about your, your muscle having to heal, you're not day-to-day. Or whatever. I mean, we're going from surgery to not surgery. So even without knowing what the injury is, the odds of it being day-to-day are pretty small. So, look, Thursday night, Curtis Bolton, you're up. And we talked about that yesterday. I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company. And there is a lot to like about Bolton. He is someone who has overcome obstacles at every turn. Someone who was not expected to be a frontline player until he became a frontline player at Oklahoma. Someone who beat out a five-star recruit who was changing positions to be an all honorable selection, all Big 12 guy. And we're going to have Chris Plank, who covers Oklahoma, who is also a a Fox Sports radio host. I have been on his show a ton on Sunday nights. He's going to be on the show next week. We're going to be talking about Curtis Bolton. His rookie orientation is coming, and he's going to be the guy right now. Is it something that that he a job he can win? Yeah, this is a job he can win outright, and it's something that Oren Burks, when he got injured, he was going to play, and then he got injured, and then Antonio Morrison comes in and and he carves out a role as a downhill thumper, as a sort of maniac guy, tone setter on your defense, and Oren Burks his role got subverted, and if Curtis Curtis Bolton comes in and and you know does what we we think he can or at least continues to do what he what he has been doing and and looks solid and reliable maybe Warren Burks comes back and doesn't have a job this is the first step here and Ty Summers is going to get an opportunity if if let's say Lamar Jackson plays a half but the defensive starters only play a quarter then we get to see Ty Summers try and chase around Lamar Jackson we get to see Curtis Bolton try and chase around Lamar Jackson this is such a great test there are so many mobile quarterbacks in the game now and so many unique offenses. This is going to test the FBI of these linebackers, Blake Martinez included. And this is this is the first real test for this defense. We saw all the missed tackles against Houston. That's to be expected. It's the first game of the preseason. 
and these things can't really can't be practiced. You know, I talked to the the OU linebackers coach when Bolton was there, and he said this is a problem at all levels of football right now because we just can't practice enough with the pads. We don't practice live tackling anymore because of the injury risk. And so these guys get out there, and they're just underprepared. He said he thought some of the missed tackles at Oklahoma that senior year were because he'd had surgery on that shoulder that was hurt his junior year, and he didn't want to hurt it further. Now, I didn't notice as I was watching the game any missed tackles from Bolton, but Matt LaFleur said 24 missed tackles on the team last week. That has to be fixed. It starts with these linebackers, and Ty Summers had a couple of those misses. He looked really good early on, really solid making tackles, and then had a couple misses. He can't have those if he's trying to beat out someone like Curtis Bolton to make a roster here, and Curtis Bolton can can really elevate himself if he shows that he can be a guy who can be counted on, who can be reliable, and can make these tackles when he's in a position to do that. More than that, he can't just make the tackles that that are in front of him. He has to go create plays. He has to show the ability to go force the action and turn a play that might not otherwise be there for him into a play where he shoots a gap and makes a play. That's what stands out. That's what differentiates you from the other guys vying for those same spots. And that's what we have to see from Curtis Bolton. His first opportunity to do it is tomorrow night. And if you want to make sure you never let yourself down or anyone else down on your opportunity to shoot a gap, that's where BlueChew.com comes in. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence you need in bed with BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one two punch to keep your one two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays 
fresh and clean, so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. One of the things I'm really going to have my eye on on Thursday night is this group of pass catchers. We know what Devontae Adams is. Beyond that, the rotation for the receiver group is going to be interesting to watch. Who is the first receiver outside if it's not Geronimo Allison? And when Allison goes into the slot in those three receiver sets, who is that outside guy? Because Jake Kumaro has been getting more opportunities there. One of the reasons for that is... Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Aaron Rodgers have not quite been on the same page on these deep shots. And, you know, Rodgers joked yesterday it's because MVS is so damn fast. That's a quote. (laughs) And look, he's never had anyone that can run like MVS. Not really, anyway. Not someone who could also play football. So, you know, that's something they're still dialing in. Once they can get that connection locked in, they can be deadly, but they're not there yet. So how much can this connection with Jay Kumaro translate into a game against a really good defense? Uh, how much can Jimmy Graham produce? We talked about him yesterday, and he goes out and have his, has his best practice of the season. Can't say that, that he listened to Locked on Packers for sure, but he played like he did. Uh, one of the best catches of camp on a beautiful, beautiful over-the-shoulder snag over Adrian Amos from Aaron Rodgers. So he's going to get an opportunity to, to make some moves and do some stuff. And and Robert Tanyan just keeps developing. He just keeps putting himself in position to make plays. And Aaron Rodgers has extolled the virtues of Big Bob Tanyan and talked about the work ethic and the hands and the route running and, and the blocking is getting better. And the longer someone like Mercedes Lewis is not able to, to make an impact here, the more opportunities Tanyan is getting. And Jay Sternberger, he's out with the jaw injury. That's what they're calling it after the Lonnie Johnson hit. Uh, This is an opportunity for Tanyan to come in and make some plays. But it's also an opportunity for guys like Jamon Moore and Equinemius St. Brown and Darius Shepard, who continues to show out. This group is going to be tested by a very good Baltimore secondary, a very good Baltimore pass rush. And this is this is really the first big test for this offense because this is the first time the offense has all been together. It's the first time the offense has really had the opportunity to show something against any defense, and they're going to happen to do it against one of the best defenses in the league. In some ways, that's ideal. In some ways, it's not ideal. Uh, obviously, you want to you want to test yourself against the best in the business. Iron sharpens iron. But at the same time, you also, you know, if you had a little bit of a cupcake, there's a reason college football teams schedule those patsy teams early in the season. You want to warm up. You want to get your your rhythm. You want to get your timing. You want to get all that stuff together so that when the games count and when you're playing real teams, then then you're you're all set to go. You're playing with confidence. You're playing with juice. You're playing with verve. I'm not saying that a preseason game against the Ravens is going to undercut any of that. But it it would have been nice to you know to go out and play you know the Buccaneers defense, which was historically bad last year. That's not the scenario. Green Bay is going to have to go find some continuity against a really good defense. It's going to be a very good test. I think we'll see more of the stuff that makes Matt Lafleur's offense unique. 
see the the jet motion. You're going to see more bunch formations. I think they're going to be a little bit more creative. Open the playbook up a little bit more uh, because, number one, they have to. But number two, this is the starters. I didn't expect last week Deshaun Kaiser was going to do anything that interesting, and they didn't. And they didn't with Tim Boyle either. And you rarely do with backups if for no other reason that they're getting fewer reps in practice to work on these things. So you have to go to more basic stuff, um, base concepts and, and things of that nature. The starters, they need to rep some of this stuff. And you don't want to show too much, obviously. It's the preseason. But you still have to practice. These things need timing. Obviously, you're still trying to work that connection with MVS. I think Rodgers is definitely going to take some shots, knowing that it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't count. Uh, it, it, remember, it matters. It doesn't count. It doesn't not matter. But if he throws an interception, it, it doesn't matter materially to the outcome of their season. It doesn't matter if they win or lose the game. This is, in some ways, like a practice where Rodgers says, yeah, sometimes I throw to guys who aren't open because I want to see them if they can go make a play. I want to see if I can trust them to go make a play when I need them to. Don't be surprised if he takes some deep shots to MVS. Don't be surprised if he tests Tanyan over the middle of the field. Don't be surprised if he finds ways to throw the ball to Jake Kumaro to see what the deal is there. And don't be surprised if Darius Shepard gets in there if Aaron Rodgers tests him. And ditto for EQ. And and that is something that I think we have to be mindful of as we're thinking about the pass-catching hierarchy on this team. It's not just going to be Devontae Adams and everyone else. I mean, it is clearly going to be that Devontae Adams is going to take the lion's share of targets. But Aaron Rodgers is going to attempt hundreds of passes this year. Devontae can only catch so many of them, and it can only be targeted by so many of them. Even 160, 180 targets, you know, he's going to be a top five in the league in targets. That's still going to be, you know, 30% of what Aaron Rodgers is going to attempt for the season at most, probably. So, you know, that's that's an opportunity for all of these other pass catchers to make their mark here. And we're still f- figuring that out. We're still getting a pecking order. We're still trying to figure out who Rodgers can trust in this offense, who has the offense down, who is going to be in advantageous positions to succeed. And we thought it was MVS. I think you're going to see more Geronimo Allison than than maybe people are talking about in this offense. But we're going to get our first glimpse of what that hierarchy looks like. I think the play calls are going to dictate some of that, and we're going to learn from those play calls. Because I think Matt LaFleur, same thing. He wants to evaluate these guys. So, okay, you know, maybe they, they won't, you know, each play in this, in this system, there's a run, there's an action, and there's a shot play. And maybe they won't show, you know, those packages of plays, but they're going to take some shot plays. And they're going to show some of those action plays. And they're, gonna, they're obviously going to show the runs. So they want to test that. Okay, who fits these plays the best? With this action, who are the tight ends that make that make the most sense? With with these actions, who are the receivers that make that most sense? Who are the on the shot plays? Who are the guys we want out there? Those are questions Green Bay is answering right now, and it, they're questions that you you're going to use these games to really answer. And if you need answers with your fantasy football team, check out Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else then you're the same. Get the edge with Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked on Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider.
Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. I want to finish with a discussion on this secondary because they're going to be involved in a very interesting game Thursday with what can only be described as a unique offense. And, and we overuse the word unique. Uh, unique is, is, you know, singularly unique is theoretically redundant. And, you know, what Matt LaFleur does is not, necessarily unique uh it's based on a lot of offensive principles that are used around the league Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay etc etc but this Baltimore offense is unique it is one of one and the cornerback group in particular is going to be stressed a a way that is a way that they're not going to be stressed in any other game and that's true of the linebackers as well which we talked about earlier but these cornerbacks because of all the run actions and the and the the different kinds of unique, and this is truly unique, formations and actions that that Baltimore is going to throw at you, they're going to have to play disciplined. And we're going to have to see their recovery speed and their instincts and their ball skills. It's all going to have to be on display on Thursday night. And that that provides a very interesting platform for someone like Tony Brown, who Aaron Rodgers the other day was extremely, extremely effusive in his praise of this is this is the this is the quote and it's a little bit long so stick with me on this Aaron said he's loud I love Tony Tony is a really great part of the locker room if there's ever a time when you're like oh I need a little inspiration during the day just look over at Tony because he's probably doing something dancing singing rapping listening to music somebody something mixing it up with somebody he's just got a good personality and brings a great energy to our team you don't really have to get him wound up too much because when we're out there he's so hyper competitive and he's played really well I give Tony a lot of credit. I think he's continued to improve his entire time being here. What a lot of people don't see, and I'm going to brag on Tony here for a little bit, is when I'm leaving here some nights, Tony's still working out. He's still doing something back in the weight room where he's watching something. He's always working. This guy is in here early and he leaves late, legitimately not like hyperbole of what it means to be a certain type of player in the league. Like I can vouch that Tony is usually probably the first one here and one of the last to leave. If you're looking for someone who is going to take that cornerback two role outside corner with Kevin King injured, it is Tony Brown right now. And given those words, given the way that he has worked, it sounds like it's going to be his job to lose and and could be a job that he keeps even when Kevin King gets back. Now, I think Kevin King is a more purely talented player, but there's no productivity without availability. And we have not seen either really from Kevin King, and that stems from not being available, not being on the field. Brian Gutekinds talked about it yesterday, that it's not just skill, it's availability, and those one flows directly from the other. 
You cannot hone your craft. You cannot improve your skills if you're not out on the field. And right now, Kevin King has not been out on the field. Josh Jackson, he's just getting back to practice. Probably not going to play Thursday. So this is Tony Brown and Jair Alexander's game to start. Tremont Williams is going to be in the mix there. And you're going to see Kadar Holman probably cornerback four. What does that mean for the rest of the of the cornerback rotation? We're going to find out. Uh, and, and we'll find out a lot more in, in preseason week three. Presumably, Josh Jackson will be cleared for that if he doesn't have any setbacks. We don't know what Kevin King is going to be able to do, but right now Josh Jackson's running behind Tony Brown and might be running behind Kadar Holman, depending on on how Mike Patton feels about what happened last season. I, for one, would would think that Josh Jackson would immediately become that, that cornerback four and compete to be that other boundary corner with Kevin King out. But that's a that's a big ask right now because Tony Brown has been one of the most impressive players in camp. He was out there fighting DeAndre Hopkins, and he was a guy last year. I noticed it time and time again, the attitude, the toughness, the swagger. This defense has so much more of all of those things than they did a year ago, two years ago. The swagger. You bring in Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, Tony Brown. These guys have swagger. The toughness. You bring in Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith. You you re-sign Dean Lowry. Tony Brown, again, Adrian Amos, toughness, toughness, swagger, toughness, and then size. They brought in more size, too, with with the the Smiths. Uh, You got bigger at safety. So this is a defense that is going to look very different. And and nowhere, you know, is it more uh, uh, emblematic than Tony Brown because he comes in low expectations and fights his way onto the field. Injuries help, no doubt, but he earned that spot and he kept it. He played well enough to keep that spot. And was was there a dumb penalty or two? Yeah. But you can always modulate back. You can always reel someone in. What you can't do oftentimes is crank someone up. Tony Brown doesn't need to be cranked up. He is just, he is on 11 at all times. And that's what you want in a quarterback. You want a quarterback to get beat for a touchdown in the next play, believe in his heart that he's going to come back and make a pick and that he deserves it because he's the best player on the field and he's better than the man in front of him. That's the kind of irrational confidence, the swagger that you want out of a cornerback, and Tony Brown absolutely has it. So the coverage group from Alexander to Brown to Holman, all these guys, they're going to be stressed by Lamar Jackson. And... I don't think, again, I don't think anyone should be freaked out if Baltimore gets some plays on them. This is an offense designed around misdirection, designed around you know, concepts that you're just not going to see week to week. The only teams that are going to run them are going to be Baltimore. So this is not indicative of where the defense is necessarily if some of the things go a little bit wonky. Uh, but on the other hand, if this defense comes out and is flying around and they shut this Ravens team out, it speaks even more volume than it would in, in other circumstances because this is an offense that's going to require very good scouting week to week. And in the preseason, they don't really game plan. They don't really scout. So if they can come in and lock it down, it's going to be because Green Bay just has better guys. It's going to be because they have more talent. It's going to be because they play with more discipline and more speed and more intensity. And so that's going to say a lot about this team uh, on the positive side, if they play well, if they play. And 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 look, this is not excuse-making time. I'm just telling you, in these preseason games, when the offense 
especially when the offense is running weird stuff, wonky stuff, and they are, your defense is probably going to get exposed a little bit. And so just when you're working from that starting point, I mean, like I would not have expected Green Bay to get exposed against Houston. And and really it didn't until the end there when things fell apart a little bit. You know, they had the ball moved on them, but they created a bunch of turnovers. In this game, you know, if you if you create a bunch of turnovers in this game or you get a bunch of stops in this game, it's going to say a lot more about you than the the reverse. If you're giving up yards, you know, because of these these misdirection plays and these play action plays. Obviously, you don't want anyone biting on play action all the time, but I, it's not as big a worry as it would be under other circumstances. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow uh, to really push forward to the game and and give you um, you know a little bit more information as we as we move toward the game about who's going to play and who's not going to play. Uh, get the episode early. Obviously, by the time you know seven thirty comes around East Coast time, the game's going to be on, and so you know we have to be aware of that this is a daily podcast so i will try and and be as game focused as i can um but also understanding that this is a daily show and and you know we got to get as much in as we as we can that it is also timely but also evergreen ish if we can um i I want to i want you to be able to listen to it on friday and still get something out of it if if that has to be what happens so uh we will do what we can there and then friday is going to be our recap We'll, we'll dig into what happened on thursday uh, who played well, who didn't, and whose roster spots are now on the line, who's moving up, stock up, stock down, all that good stuff. And then come back next week, Curtis Bolton, rookie orientation, Kadar Holman coming. And look, another breakout performance from Tony Brown, and maybe we have to do a, a backup rookie orientation with him just, just to, to spend some time digging into his background and who he is as a player. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, we are available. Leave us a voicemail, send us a text message, whatever you want to do, a 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.